Welcome to the Black Voice. It's time to get real. We are here to motivate and promote positive change for black culture. And this is a show featuring you. Call into the show 24-7 at anchor.fm slash blackvoicej. From there, hit message and you can be heard on future episodes. In the meantime, be sure to subscribe and rate on Spotify or Apple Podcasts to be sure you don't miss any future episodes. This is the Black Voice with Jay Clark. Y'all stay tuned. Welcome back to the Black Voice. Thank you guys all for tuning in this week. Shout out to the first time listeners, man. Appreciate you joining us. Hope you guys enjoy. If you do like this one, go back and check out any past episodes that you find interesting by the title or description. We appreciate your support. Today I'm coming to y'all, man, with mixed emotion. So I'll start with the good. Had a glorious weekend out in Washington, D.C. celebrating the anniversary of the March on Washington. Good vibes, love, all the above out there in the DMV this weekend. I talked to more strangers than I ever have in my life. (laughs) Man, it was just a a good time and a weekend to remember, to say the least. Now, just before I started recording today, there was another incident of a cop killing in D.C., an 18-year-old boy. They're still killing us. Breonna Taylor's killers are still free. Breonna Taylor's killers are still free. And I want to touch on Andre Maiden, a young man whose life was lost in Iroquois County Jail in Illinois. Andre was sick and Andre was telling his brother through phone calls, communication, that he was sick and the guards in the jail would not get him any help. Andre passed away under this jail because he was essentially denied help. He was denied human aid. He was denied human rights. Iroquois County is a small, small county outside of Kankakee County, outside of Cook County, where Chicago lies. Andre Maiden won't get the press. And it's so unfortunate that Andre Maiden is one of millions, millions of black boys, black men that have been killed by this country and is treated as a status quo. 
Black death is a status quo in this land. Now, I don't know the maiden family situation as far as legal help, as far as assistance with fighting this. But if there's anyone out there who can lend a hand or know someone who can lend a hand to the maiden family, please reach out to me. I will get you in contact with them. So today, we're going to get into the topic of life insurance. And I'm joined by Zay, who is currently an insurance specialist with State Farm, as well as John, who is a financial advisor and professional with Prudential. And we're going to get into the different topics of, you know, short-term versus long-term life insurance, among other things. And I hope you guys take it seriously. I hope you guys open your ears, open your minds, Share with your friends, share with your family, because this is a very important conversation. As black life is important, so is black death. Don't let the media fool you. They plaster it in our faces. But that does not make it okay. This is the Black Voice. Y'all stay tuned. Interview coming up next. Welcome back to the Black Voice. Today, I'm joined by Zay, who is a benefits advisor currently with State Farm, as well as John, who is a financial advisor with Prudential. So welcome these guys to the show. Thanks for having me, Justin. Appreciate it. Yeah, appreciate it. No doubt, no doubt. And just going to go in on why we're here today, and these guys know life insurance to myself is one of the most important factors in the wide wealth gap that we see today, um, especially between cultures. You know what I'm saying? Go fund me's and, and fish fries, they just not cutting it anymore for funeral expenses, all that. I think as people, we look at life insurance as almost a means just to pay those funeral expenses and not build wealth and not establish a, a foundation for future generations. And I think that's a problem with us, with us thinking too small. So today we're just gonna go over the different types of insurance and maybe some of the ways that they can help our people. Um, so if we can start. Can one of you guys maybe attack the differences between a term policy and a whole life policy as best as you can? I know that's that's a lot, but um, if you can just break it down in layman's term, the difference between those two types of policies. Absolutely. Uh, Zay, did you want to kick it off? Yeah, I mean, kind of layman's terms, I guess, just think of um, whole life insurance as permanent in cash. Um, just think about getting the best bang for your buck uh, long term. Uh, that's kind of the best way I explain it. When it's all said and done, it, it really is about cash money. And that's where you see the most return in that sense. Um, term insurance, think about rent. You're not owning anything. You're just paying a certain amount of money for a certain amount of time. So that's kind of really in layman's terms. A lot of coverage for term is a lot of coverage for a specific amount for a specific time. Once that's over, you got to make a decision either up that coverage, keep that coverage, or um, move around. Um, that's why permanent insurance is best for cash because it lasts forever and doesn't change. So we, kind of, we associate, sorry, we associate term almost with temporary and then hold almost with a, a permanent, a permanent type of word. Precisely. Sure, sure. Anything to add to that, John? Yeah, the only thing I would add to that is one of the drawbacks to 
uh, renting is renting rent goes up eventually. Uh-huh. And um, just like the cost of living is going to go up. So will term insurance, the older you get, the more you end up going to, you're going to end up paying. So if you can lock in a permanent policy at a certain price for the rest of your life, it's very beneficial. For sure. And what, what are some other that you mentioned that whole life is more about cash. Uh, what do you mean by that? It's, it's really as simple as this. The more you fund the policy, the more bucket of money you have in the policy going forward. Um, there's, there's levels to it. I'm sure Prudential has the same concept where you can pay on a policy for a certain amount of time. And after that time, you're done paying on it and it's going to stay growing, continuously paying you, continuously growing cash on a monthly annual basis. Uh, most life insurance companies do share dividends. So um, and with that, you know, that's getting into another thing. But with dividends, um, you know, they, they give back to their policyholders. The mortality rate is a it's a little bit lower than what, you know, the world planned it to be. The life insurance companies plan it to be. There's dividends to give and give back and permanent whole life insurance policies carry those dividends for most companies. So this is cash. When you say cash with a whole life policy, that's cash that you can use like in a current life. Absolutely. So it's an illustration. When you look at the policy, you see the longer you um, have it in place, the longer you're funding it, you're going to, you have cash that you can use. Um, it is a, it is a loan, so to speak. Um, but that cash is yours. You can do whatever you want with it whenever you choose to most companies, uh, there's a there's contingencies as far as um, when you'd have to pay that back. It's the best dollar for dollar product you can buy in this country. Simple as that. Um, for one dollar a month, you can get three hundred thousand dollars in coverage, uh, obviously, depending on your age. But that's just thinking of it that way. It's the best dollar for dollar option that's out there, in my opinion. So my, my thing is with insurance, um, I feel like we don't like to talk about it. We hang up the phone when people call about it. Life insurance, like how long can you put off these conversations? Zay, I know you've told me so many stories of people who have you've been working with. You know, they say no, they say no, they say no. And then something tragic happens. You know what I'm saying? How can we how can we have these conversations more often or. What's the best course of action outside of this conversation and, you know, just educating people about the benefits of life insurance? Is there any clean route to do that? I mean, we're not we're not apt to talk to people on the phone, to talk to the insurance providers on the phone. So how do we, you know, what I'm saying bridge that gap of knowledge between our people and what's what's going on? I don't know if you want to speak on this one. John. OK, yeah, I'll, I'll take this one. Um, many people look at insurance salesmen, you know, financial advisors as people who are looking to sell something. Mm -hmm. And in many respects, they are correct with certain people. Um, but there are people like myself and Zay out here who are looking for, you know, looking for the opportunity to help somebody. And these conversations are tough. You know, I, I'm going through a case right now where someone has, you know, a triple, they had triple bypass surgery on their heart. And they're in their 60s now, and they're looking to buy life insurance. Well, now they're at the point where those premiums are going to be super high. And, you know, they're kind of having to bite the bullet and just go ahead and get the coverage because that's the only thing they can do. And so I, yeah. share, that, I share that story for people who are younger now um, is, man, get in the insurance game right away. Pay, you know, $100 you know, $150 a month, lock in that rate for the rest of your life. 
and um, you'll, you'll see the benefit of it. And so I think it just starts with having that conversation, finding somebody that you trust. You know, you'll know that you can trust the advisor if they're asking you questions about how you feel and what are some of the things that you want to accomplish instead of just shoving, you know, a policy in your face and saying, oh, this is a great policy. I think you should buy it. Rather, you know, you'll know an advisor that you can trust when they're asking you, you know, what are some of the things that are important to you? What are some of the things you want to accomplish financially with insurance? And that's where you start. No doubt. You mentioned, you just mentioned, John, locking in rates. I know from working with both of you guys, there's certain like age caps that change prices. Could you just give like a general idea of some of those ages that, okay, when you hit this age, things are going to change. When you hit this age, things are going to change. Yeah. Zay, did you want to hit this one? Yeah. I mean, it's, it, it all, it's always going to vary with companies. Um, but like talent telling off that, you just can't buy life insurance. You got to be able to qualify for it. Uh, that's my, I say it every day of my life. Um, but it's, it's, it's true. Um, so with ages, uh, I mean, it's all about coverage amount more so. Um, you can be 25 years old and want $3 million in life insurance, and they may want the same underwriting action as a 40-year-old who wants $100,000 in life insurance. So um, obviously age does play a factor uh, in underwriting process and how much or how what type of approval will you get approved. I would say if we want to talk an actual number, I mean, 30 and under, you're pretty good. Not too much underwriting going on. If there's no health issues, no, um, no health and weight as far as height, I'm sorry, height and weight issues. Um, but once you're 55 and over, I know with State Farm, um, it, it gets tough. It gets tough for permanent insurance and term insurance. Uh, it gets tough to get approved um, because they look back as far as health issues, prescription, drug history, um, all those things that kind of factor in. We even look at motor vehicle reports as far as um, how you drive. All those factor in is do they want to insure your life for this amount of coverage at this age with these issues? So uh, it all kind of varies with your health history. But um, 30 and under, I would say you're pretty good. I would lock that in at that rate, get something permanent in place so that when you're 50, 60 years old, it's, able, it's been growing for 20, 30 years and Who's to say we won't have another pandemic or something crazy in the next 20, 30 years? I think we should all be prepared for that. And that's one way um, you can do that is with life insurance. No doubt. No doubt. And there's another question I want, hopefully both of y'all's opinion on this one. Like, what is the toughest objection you kind of deal with on a day-to-day basis, especially with our people? And like, are conversations harder with, say, the young generation who doesn't see the value in life insurance yet? Or the older generation who uh, I don't sell life insurance, but I would imagine maybe just have given up to a certain extent. Like, is it harder to reach the young or the or the old on that field on that front? Um, I mean, it's a little bit of both for me. Um, equal. You got the um, the older people who who just think they can't afford it. And my first question is, well, how much is it? And then they get stuck. So, and, and I and you know, it's not to make anyone feel you know, uneducated or anything, but how much is it? Because you say you can't afford it. So uh, that's kind of my biggest objection as far as I can't afford it. Um, don't want to leave money for the next guy. And then as far as for the younger groups, uh, the biggest objection is that more so that they just don't have any liabilities or dependents where they don't need it. So that's where we, you know, show them the cash growth in the policy and where permanent insurance comes in place more so for them. 
Um, so it's kind of harder to get to sit down with them and really show them the benefits that they can set themselves up 20, 30 years down the line. But um, I would say they're equally get the kind of the same objections from all age groups, just a matter of who's uh, how you want to explain it and show them the true benefit, how it can help them. For sure. So, sure. John, anything to add to that, my man? It's about tough objections and conversations with the young versus the old. Yeah, so kind of on the same lines Zay was talking about is you get objections on both sides. Uh, what I'm seeing now from the older generation is they're seeing that they cannot rely upon their retirement accounts as things are changing in you know policies. And I don't know how, how many people are familiar with the SECURE Act, but they're changing the way that uh, benefits are taxed for a traditional IRA or 401k. And so some of the older people, you know, ages 40 to 60 that are, you know, getting close to that retirement age are looking for different ways to grow their money. And so they are concerned about, you know, how much that, that life insurance costs. But now people are recognizing that uh, life insurance isn't just about a death benefit. It's about growing cash for the next 10 to 15 years and then maybe taking that cash value and putting it somewhere else where it can grow even more. So nowadays, I think people in that in that age range, 40 to 60, are seeing the value of a permanent policy and what the different things you can do with the cash value. Uh, then when we go to the younger people, I think they're, you know, getting more educated as well as to the benefits of that. So uh, it, it's, you know, two different sides. You're going to have people who are always going to be asking about how much it costs, just like they said. But then I feel like I, uh, there, there's kind of a shift happening where people are becoming more curious and um, wanting to know more about how to grow their money. And they're seeing the value of a, of a life insurance policy. And then what it, what it basically comes down to it, and what I'll say this, is that people don't know what they don't know. Uh-huh. And so when, when they sit down with an advisor like myself or Zay and they find out about the benefits, they're like, oh, I didn't even know this existed. I want in. Absolutely. Absolutely. And kind of just tallying off that and like like you said when you sit with someone that makes the conversation about you the customer um that genuineness um and speaking with the younger and older generation um what a way that i've kind of been combating the younger generation is just showing the how life insurance is not a taxable income um 20 years from now you have 50 dollars in the life insurance policy it's not a taxable income um who's to say where, what's going on with your 401k and everything else there you know, the government can't see it. They, they don't know what's going on with your life insurance policy. People store money into it. So I, I kind of show both sides. Like he was kind of saying the older generation and I realizing that, you know, and the younger generation realizing that we may not have that retirement fund. We may not have any of those things our parents have um, when we get that age. So they kind of see the benefit of it there as well. Absolutely. And that's that's what entice me about life insurance personally you guys both know i'm i'm big on just making money work for me man um cash flow growth etc so i i have some extensive policies myself and i encourage everybody around me especially around my age to get some type of life insurance started early and that's something that i think i mean i thank both of you guys for showing me knowledge showing me the ins and outs of this industry and you know, it's done nothing more but excite me um, to share knowledge with other people. So, so thank you guys. Absolutely. And were you two, I mean, were y'all big on life insurance before entering the industry? Or was it, I mean, was it a thing like the more knowledge you learned about it, the more, you know, interested you yes. got in that type of field? It's funny. Um, 
you it's funny uh yeah i had no you kind of know my background justin i mean i'm I was in retail, store manager, you know, selling shoes. So, uh, and I jumped into this and I just got hungry. I started fiending for education, for financial literacy, for any ways to, like you said, make a buck, make my buck work for me and put my people on and show that genuineness. So, yeah, um, once I got into this, I started reading more books and I'm, I'm kind of changing my life on a daily due to this industry. So, uh, that's kind of, have been a huge blessing for me to be honest. Yeah, absolutely. Um, for me, it it all started when I was fifteen. When I was fifteen years old, I realized I wanted to to be in this industry of finance. Now, insurance is part of what I do, but I also tap into investment, savings, retirement, estate planning. You know, anything regarding finance, I you know I I, I cover it. I'm licensed for it too. Um, so I just had a hunger for just being financially literate and being able to help people uh, understand finances in a different way. Um, I grew up and, you know, I saw my grandma, you know, lose her husband, lose her dad within three years, and neither of them had life insurance. And I, you know, kind of see the kind of, you know, the toll it took. And so at a young age, I kind of understood that, you know, this thing is valuable, one, for the death benefit, because it leaves behind money for the people that, you know, are going to need it once you pass away. And so that's number one, the, the, the value of it. And then on top of it, the bonus is, you know, you get to grow your money. And um, so that's kind of how it all started for me. And to follow up with that, we talk a lot, a lot about infiltration on the show, about getting involved in certain industries we may have been left out of, about getting involved in industries that we you know, feel neglected in. How can someone that looks like us, a young black man or woman, you know, aspiring to learn more and be a part of this field, how can they get involved? Yeah. I mean, I can speak to that quickly. Um, it's, it comes down to just do it. Uh, and I feel like for me, I knew at a young age what I wanted to do. So as when I was 15, I'm 22 years old now. So when I was 15, I, I was planning for it. So by the time I got to college, they actually had a major for financial planning. And so I did all the coursework for you know that degree and uh, graduated in three years and was able to you know start my career with Prudential. And I'm very grateful. Um, because, you know, I knew at a young age, but for somebody who is entering college and might not understand what they want to do, they know they want to do something in finance or accounting. I highly encourage them to, you know, take a look into financial planning because one, you're dealing with people and two, you're dealing with money. And, um, that's, that's the best of both worlds. And, and, you know, you kind of, you have control uh, of your schedule. And I feel like a lot of young people are looking to doing those kind of things where they're not, you know, having to, you know, show up nine to five, they're looking for something else that can, you know, kind of control their schedule and can be their own, their own being. So for somebody from the black community, who's looking to start and start doing this is one, I will find somebody who's in the industry. I have, I have two mentors that I have uh, pursued and they are helping me in this industry tremendously. So I just, I, w- I would just encourage you to, you know, number one, find somebody who's in the industry and just literally cling to them and do whatever they tell you and just really learn from them, gain wisdom, and then just hop right into it. Uh, degree quickly, degree degree required uh, insurance field, life insurance? Not at all. No, no, not at all. Nope, nope. I'm glad save, you asked that. Save a lot of money. <laughs> so. Save a lot of money. Kind of, kind of, just telling off that. I'll be quick. I mean, same concept. Um, even what he, what John was saying earlier. What you don't know is what you, what people don't know, and it, it's true. Ask questions, get involved. Um, 
And if you have any passion for just if you have passion for helping people and helping people be literate, it doesn't have to be necessarily financial. But if you have if that that helps. But if you wish to have a true passion and helping people be educated, let give them an opportunity to make an informed decision about whatever it is. Then I say get into the field because that's all we do. I take it. I take it to heart when I talk on the phone with someone and I hear my people in that background. I take it personally that they're not getting off that phone without getting an opportunity to make an informed decision just to say, I, I know I, I know I ran it by you. I feel comfortable going to sleep at night, knowing that I asked you, knowing that you have a family that you need life insurance or something like that. Um, we ran it by you. So, I mean, if you got a true passion for helping people like myself and love money and love dealing with the dollars and the, and the education about it, I would say opt into it and ask questions. Ask anybody. There's people know everybody, man. Everybody knows somebody at this point. No, no. Well, that's a that's a word, man. I definitely appreciate Zay, John, you guys for joining us here today on the Black Voice. Um, I hope the listeners got something from it. Uh, maybe rewind it, hear a couple of the gems back, and just share this with your family, man. This is a very important conversation. Being life insurance. We only get one, um, and we're all eventually going to have to face, face the other side. This is The Black Voice. You guys tune in next week. Peace. Thank you for tuning in to The Black Voice, where we motivate and promote change for black culture. If you haven't already, make sure to subscribe and rate on any platform that you're listening on to help us reach more people. Also, don't forget to participate. Visit anchor.fm slash blackvoicej hit message, and be heard on future episodes. There's power in numbers, there's power in communication, and together we shall surely rise. This is the Black Voice with Jay Clark. Peace.